This episode is brought to you by a brand new sponsor of the show, Picmonic. Picmonic is an audiovisual learning system with unforgettable stories and characters to help you remember everything you need to know for PT school and beyond. Used by over 1.5 million students all over the world, Picmonic is perfect for streamlining your studying in an efficient manner. Listeners of the show can use the promo code SNACKBREAK in all caps for a 20% discount, and first-time users can start today for free. Getting access to one learning objective and one Picmonic quiz per day, forever, at zero cost. Available on iOS, Android, and desktop. Once again, listeners of the show can use the promo code SNACKBREAK in all caps at checkout. Happy studying, and let's get right into the show. All right, welcome to the first ever episode of Snack Break with OrthoSnacks, where I'm going to be interviewing um, physical therapists. We're going to be looking at talking to some professionals within the fitness industry. We're also going to be talking to health and wellness experts. So really excited to get started with this and taking a peek in the lives of some experts who I think can give us um, a lot of cool information. And I just want to give a special thanks to Dr. Spencer Locke, our very first guest. I appreciate you taking time to come talk with me. Welcome, Doc. How are you? Oh, man, I'm excited to be here, John. I really appreciate you asking me on and uh, look forward to chatting, see what we can, we yeah. can uh, explore for sure, man. Abs- absolutely. So I'll give a little background on Dr. Locke here. He is a travel physical therapist. Um, he spent some time specializing in neurology in the past. Um, his grandma might be the most famous up and coming fitness grandma on Instagram. Uh, he's actually headed, he's actually headed to Maui in three days for his next assignment. So all cool stuff. For sure, man. For sure. All stuff. I'm super excited about my mom. My grandma is a badass. Uh, you can see out the new post. She's 95 years old, man. She's exercised for over a thousand straight days and she's, it's, she blows my mind. It's amazing. That is wild. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I guess I'm, I'm thinking my followers are probably going to be pretty interested in just hearing about how'd you get started in travel PT? Is it something you always knew you wanted to do? Um, or was it more of a situation where an opportunity arose and you jumped on it? For sure. That's a good question. Um, I think for me, it was something that I was, you know, I've always been exposed to travel in my life because my, my mm-hmm. father's a, my father's a retired pilot. So he'd come from around the world and he'd kind of show me places that were outside of my home. And so that initially just sparked my intrigue. And then uh, for my undergrad, um, it was actually designed. So 25% of my education had to be outside of the United States um, where my school had, yeah, we had a really big emphasis on gaining a global perspective and a perspective beyond just what, whatever you get, wherever you are locally. So I had mm-hmm. to do a, a half a year in Europe and then half a year in Australia. And uh, those experiences, just by experiencing different cultures, uh, made me realize how many amazing things there are to learn by getting out of your comfort zone. And uh, I was very lucky to find that that mold between PT and travel at the same time. And uh, I got the best job in the world, man. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is incredible. Yeah. Um, so have you done any travel PT in Europe then? So I've only studied, I've only been there as a student. Um, um, So I have not done any international ones. Um, I have looked at that option. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I actually have a trip planned coming up uh, sometime next year where I'm going to be going to South America 
um, learning, okay. continue to improve my Spanish skills, and then also doing some pro bono work at some clinics down there. So, um, yeah, but you know, even in the big country of the United States and Canada, you know, that there's so many micro cultures within the countries. So, you know, I've, I've noticed cultural differences just beyond my traveling within the country. So, you know, there's still plenty to learn just from that alone. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I guess from my perspective, I've always seen travel PT as something we always hear is pretty glamorous in terms of, you know, there's always an adventure. It's fairly lucrative, it seems like, in terms of contracts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess I've also heard some downsides just in terms of maybe getting placed at some clinics that might not be the best uh, and then just yeah. lack of mentorship. So what kinds of things do you look for when you're looking at different assignments and whether or not you decide to ultimately pick that assignment? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you can, you know, there's three main categories that you can choose and you need to prioritize, right? Um, mm-hmm. The first is being location. Where do you want to be located, Right. Uh, the second is how much money are you willing to take? Right. And then the third is what setting do you want to be in? Do you want to be in a hospital? Do you want to be in acute care? Do you want to be in a SNP outpatient? So these are all different options and you need to figure out what you prioritize. Um, for me, location is by far number one, you know, because I know that if I put myself in a a good location, I'm going to surround myself with people that are good people. And, uh, and I'm going to enjoy the experience much better. Maybe make a little bit less money, but still making a very comfortable living where, uh, where I'm still getting to go to badass places and meeting badass people and, uh, and having a great time. So those three things are the ones you have to consider. If you're just like, I want to make money, then you go to the company. You say, I want whatever the highest paying contracts are. And then they give the list of that. And then you can kind of figure it out from there. But you do put yourself at risk because you're at a higher risk of working at one where the productivity is crazy. Uh, you don't have the support. Like you said, if you're a new grad, you don't have the same mentorship that you have. So, you know, it's not all rainbows and unicorns. You know, there's definitely negative sides of it as well that people need to realize before okay. going into it. But it sounds like it's a situation where if you're a little bit more picky, you kind of know what you want, then you're in a much better position to be, I guess, successful and get what you want out of it. Would you say? Totally. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you got to be picky within a, within a certain extent because, you know, you also need to work. If you keep saying no to every single job, that's longer time you go unemployed. So it's a, it's a balance that you learn as you go and you learn that push pull relationship between it. But uh, I've actually, uh, I've been helping out mentoring a couple of my friends. My one friend just graduated PT school and he's going to go travel with his girlfriend who's now his fiance and they're going to start traveling. Um, so answering questions for new grads like that has been really helpful for them so that they can kind of get an idea. Um, you know, if like yourself or anyone is, they're more than welcome to reach out. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's important. You don't know what questions to ask until you're actually in it, you know? And I didn't either. Mm-hmm. That's true. I feel like also something with travel PT it's something that kind of sometimes just seems like a little bit out there. Like, I don't, I don't know how many people actually know a travel physical therapist um, or people mm-hmm. who have experience. So kind of like you said, just having someone you can use as a resource, someone you can kind of communicate those questions with, I think is, is very, very yeah. helpful. Um, yeah, man, for sure. So I guess what, what do you wish someone might have told you at the beginning of your travel PT journey or even just like five years ago, something that would have been extremely helpful? Um, I would say from a clinical side that don't waste your energy trying to help people that don't want to be helped. 
right? You're going to have plenty of people that come through your door and that are going to be, you're going to be there to treat you or that, that, that you're there to treat, right? And some mm. of them, no matter what you say to them and what you do, they're not going to listen and then they're not going to follow through. And unfortunately, they're going to yield poor results, right? And in the beginning of my career, I took it really personally. I would go home, you know, I'd be, I'd be upset because I was telling all these people the right things to do, but they wouldn't do them so they wouldn't get better. And I had that reflect on myself and my ability as a clinician. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, what you got to realize is that everyone has their own willpower and it's the ones that really want to get better that are going to get better, right? Um, and of course, there's ones that are on the fence and those are the really rewarding ones where it's like, you know what, they're not really sure and they just need that direction and you point them at the direction and then you see them just take off and just go and reach all their goals. And that's a great feeling, but I've learned to be much more selective with my energy, right? You know, if I realize that that person, no matter what I'm going to tell them, they're not going to really listen to it, you know, then, you know, I, I'm just going to do my job. I'm going to give them the information that they need to know from my expert level opinion. And then from there, they can take and do what they want with it. But I'm not going to go and follow up over and over and over if I know that they're not really in it to, to get better for themselves. Yeah, I think that's extremely helpful to know that at the end of the day, you can only do so much. Um, you can only provide the information you know the patient needs and they have to meet you halfway at some point and say, this is something I really want to do, something I want to get better at. So yeah, that is awesome advice. Um, sure, man. Couple other questions. I'm gonna be asking these questions to all my guests. Okay. Um, and I think these questions are just going to kind of provide a look into you know the life of someone who has seen a little bit of success and kind of what sorts of things have been helpful in getting them there. Yeah. So, what would you say your biggest key to a successful day is? Um, it's a good question. I would say the biggest key is adaptability. Um, because, you know, your days are going to have the highest highs and the lowest lows, and sometimes they're going to be right next to each other, right? You're going to see someone, you know, I've had to walk in on someone that, you know, just suffered a massive stroke, can barely talk, can, can't even get themselves out of bed, and they're young, and it's really depressing to see, and you're doing whatever you can, and you may not have a session that's not that successful with them. And then right after or right before, you may have just helped someone take their first steps the first time in two months, right? And so you need to be adaptable, not only in the clinic, because you need to be able to reset every single time in between patients. If you carry, you know, if you carry in both ways, if you carry all that great stuff with you and that next person isn't doing well, then you're going to miss out on things. Vice versa, if you had a really poor session and then you carry that over to the next person, then you're not doing them. You're doing a disservice to them. So you got to be, you got to be important to be adaptable and be willing to reset. And that still carries over to travel PT as well, because there's times where, you know, your, your contract gets canceled or you have to move across the country within a few days, right? Where you're just like, what do I do now? But as you can do it over and over and you continue to put yourself outside that comfort zone, that adaptability just becomes ingrained in you so that you can, uh, you know, it becomes easier and easier. Yeah, that's awesome. Cause I think, Especially as a student, the tendency is if you have a couple, like say for instance, an afternoon patient doesn't go super well, yeah. there is that tendency to kind of let it ruin your afternoon, start to snowball. Um, and I think we've all been, we've all been there in terms of having yeah. those days. Um, but the more you understand with that just idea of resetting every single patient, I think that'll give you a lot better chance of being successful. So absolutely, uh, man, absolutely. Um, and then my next question for you is: Is there any 
book, product, article that you've read or come across in the last three months that has um, positively impacted your life? In the past three months, a, a ton, a ton. Okay. Um, but what do you um, got for me? What I would say, one of the biggest things for me, because, you know, you go through, you get your doctorate, you become a licensed physical therapist, you get out there and clinically, you just spend the past three to four years of your life learning all the clinical side of your job, right? And yep. you can't expect to know it all, but you, you've done a good job of, of creating a base for yourself. What you don't know and what a lot of people don't know is what are the financial, what are the life skills that I need to have beyond that? Um, mm -hmm. And one of the first books that I read out of PT school is I stopped focusing on, because everyone wants to go and do new continuing ed courses and everything, but I focused on more in actually financial literacy. Um, and there's this one really good book. Um, it's called Simple Path to Wealth. I think it's by JL Collins. And it's amazing. It's a great read. I just, I listened to it through an audio book and through it, you know, you learn these simple steps of what you need to do to create yourself from financial stable and a financial freedom standpoint. And it's great. And I've, uh, I've taken the book and I've talked to it with all my friends who are, who work in finance who are way smarter than me in this. And they say, yeah, exactly. Like that's a common sense way to do it that all the best investors do. So now I have it automated where, you know, my whole, my whole, all my investments right now are just being automated into a very conservative and long-term approach where I'm at ease. So I don't have to worry about, you know, all the budgets and things like that, because I've already taken care of that. People like to neglect it and then they get themselves in trouble. But, you know, you take care of that earlier on, then you can focus your time and attention on doing things like this, where we can talk through Instagram, try to grow our accounts, you know, grow an online business. And, you know, once you have that stability financially, all these other things become possible. So I highly, highly recommend, you know, especially coming out with loans too. you know, get your loan strategy, your low payment strategy, um, figure out that finances. And then a lot of the rest of the stuff is going to become a lot less stressful for you. Okay. Awesome. Great advice. Um, and then my next question is, what is a quote that you live by? Do you have like any kind of a mantra, anything really driving force day to day or not so much? Oh, for sure. I mean, parents used to always say, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. You know, I live with a, you know, you know, I love what I do. I, like I said, I've got the best job in the world and there's going to be shitty parts of it, but you know, it really depends on who you surround yourself with, what energy you focus on, and if you focus on what's within your control. And uh, I think if I focus and if I continue to focus on all my locus of control, then uh, then the possibilities are endless, man. So, you know, you got to keep pursuing and willing to, to question yourself when you are unhappy or not in the right place and have the have the, the courage to, to step outside of that and do something new. Awesome. Um, then this is going to be the signature question to end all my episodes. Dr. Spencer Locke, what is your favorite snack? Oh, boy. It changes, man, because I move around a lot. So, like, I've been a lot in, uh, in Hawaii. Yeah. And I've been in, in uh, Colorado and New York. And, uh, like, Hawaii, I would say I love poke, like fresh fish. Uh, okay, yeah, awesome. Or, like, a nice cold watermelon. Um but then if I'm in a colder climate, give me a nice cup of hot chocolate with some whipped cream and I'm a happy guy. Awesome. <laughs> Always looking for the local flavors. <laughs> for um, sure, for sure. Awesome. Well, I really, really appreciate you taking time to come talk with me. Uh, anyone who's watching this back, go ahead and follow Dr. Spencer Locke at Lock Health, correct? Yep, Lock Health, um, yep. Yeah, and 
good luck with Hawaii. If you have anything else to say, go ahead and get it out there. But I really appreciate you being my first guest. It was awesome. No, it's my pleasure, John, man. And if you need anything moving forward, I know that you're finishing your clinical and you're moving on. So just know that I'm here for you. And if anyone has any questions, reach out. You know, don't feel, don't be afraid to ask people that are ahead of you in certain parts. And I'm constantly learning. I have tons of mentors in my life that, you know, it's, you can't be scared to ask questions. So I think it's amazing what you're doing and uh, I'm honored to have you ask me on. All right. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. And if you're watching this back, thanks for watching. Awesome, brother. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye.